0: You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. I'd be listening to the mainstream media and just be left frustrated on how they covered these stories. They would completely ignore facts just to promote their own agenda. I said, man, I could do a better job than these fools. I should start my own show. So I did. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Freedom Strips. As always, I am your host Keaton Tucker, and I am joined by the great Matt Bell. He's back again, everybody. Heyo! <laughs> welcome back, my friend. Thank you for coming on. A, uh, I think this is your is your third time around.
1: I don't know, man. It's been. It's. I'm. I'm. I'm almost a regular at this point.
0: I think you. I think you've made regular status. So we're, we're going to have to keep this going.
1: I need a t-shirt or something. Feels real good. Feels real good. <laughs> I'll see
0: if I can get you a mug or something. <laughs>
1: yeah. You need a mug thing. Like you need some sort of gimmick. Yeah. Like maybe we'll- Freedom strips, like maybe bacon, you know, like have your own Ooh. line of bacon.
0: Yeah. There you go. Get some, uh, some bacon in those freedom strips. That seems like a bad idea.
1: <laughs> I don't know if I
0: should go into the food business. Maybe not. If, with,
1: if you send $10, we'll give you two pounds of bacon. <laughs> you need to use it pretty quick, though. We're not refrigerating.
0: Two pounds of bacon and an AR-15. <laughs> America. Strips.
1: Strips of freedom.
0: <laughs> but uh, yeah. I, I wanted to bring you on just, one, because I enjoyed talking to you, and two, there was... Um, an interesting conversation that we always seem to get into um, <laughs> Don't we? off off air and <laughs> yeah. uh- And, uh, that, that involves kind of like different views on foreign policy and we, it's just a, uh, it's a discussion that I've kind of noticed that we, we keep getting into and we agree probably on 95% of things. Yeah. We high five a lot. Yeah. And, uh, so I thought it would be beneficial and maybe, I don't know, we'll see if it's fun to listen to, but I thought it'd be beneficial to discuss, uh, foreign policy. A little bit.
1: Yeah, maybe we're not friends after this. I don't well, know. Well,
0: you know, that 5% can become a. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe a my monster. fourth time is my final time, you know, like three strikes and you're out. Whether it's three or four, I'm not sure, but maybe it's the last time. I don't know. But you're right. We always end up having those conversations off air where I'm like, what do you mean by this? Or I saw your meme. Uh, (laughs) questions. I have uh, questions. I have questions for you, (laughs) sir.
0: (laughs) So, yeah, I thought I thought it would be fun to get into that a little bit and to uh, discuss where you're coming from, where I'm coming from. I I thought it'd be beneficial just for me alone, just to figure out how exactly you're looking at things, because this is something that I think uh, a lot of people don't really focus on is, is this kind of foreign policy stuff. But first of all, I did want to uh, get into something that we both would probably have fun of, uh, have fun with Justin Trudeau. If you haven't seen the news is, um, man, he's in trouble for blackface if you can, uh, believe it. So Justin Trudeau, uh, there was a photo leaked of him in the, let's see, this was like in the 19, 19- No, it was 2000s, 2001. It wasn't even in the 90s. It was in 2001. He was dressed up as like this. uh, I think it was Aladdin. So he darkened his face and his he went the full way. Like he darkened his face, his neck, his arms, his fingers the whole way. Was Aladdin black? (laughs) No. See, that's the thing is that the media was calling it brown face. And uh, (laughs) I was kind of I was kind of laughing at that. But I was like. I don't know. Like, this is blackface. Is it,
1: there a shade where you're too far?
0: Like, <laughs> well, is there, see, s- that's the thing. Like, you're either or, or, is, is Wesley Snipes the only example of like true just dark black or like, can you go brown? Because this is the thing is like it's been considered blackface if you just darken your skin at all. Right. If you just darken your skin at all, it's blackface. But now they're like, "Oh no, no, not blackface, it's it's brown face. it's a light, It's a shade lighter for justin trudeau we've
1: gotten we've gotten real wild with that, you know, like um I think starting out, right, Keaton, we can both agree that blackface came from a very ugly thing, and if you look at some of the like what if you original blackface, like what blackface was and to me is it was it was a terrible thing, right? And so my, my laughing is in no way condoning that. And I know that's no. you neither. And so yeah. starting out, it's, if, if we're talking about true blackface where you're denigrating another culture and mocking it and belittling it, then you know that's, that's a totally different thing. But this is kind of one of those things where intent is part of the crime, right? Without intent. It's kind of like, okay, collusion, to take us back there. If you don't intend to collude... You can't commit collusion. You can't accidentally collude, right? Because intent is part of the crime. Right to to me, if if somebody's doing blackface to belittle or denigrate another culture, yeah, that is that's terrible. But he dressed up like
0: Aladdin. Yeah. See, but this is the thing: is it's like you got the double standard, right? Like, uh, uh, um, who was it? Who was the news anchor that got fired um, for just talk? Oh, uh, it was uh, Megyn Kelly.
1: For saying that she did not see why it was a big deal for people to dress up like right. Diana Ross.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. is She's like, well, I... Like, she... Uh, was saying that she wanted to dress up as Diana Ross or something yeah, like that I because want to she look loved, like her. She's yeah. because she loved Diana Ross and she and she she ins- was an inspiration to her or something like along those lines. Anyway, she lost her job over that, and the people like on social media just shredded Megyn Kelly to the point where she got fired. But this I don't guy, think
1: she lost her job because of that. I think she was on the fence. Like they took a big swing with her. I think that was a reason to get out of that. But you're right; they did use that one as a. As the reason to fire her, sure. You know, I think I think they were looking for a way to get out of that show. But the point of that is, you're it, right. It's it's man, it's weird. It's real. It's the cancel culture. It's real weird.
0: Yeah, it is. But the the thing also that's been interesting is, um, you know, Trudeau has been a huge activist from his position to go against these like hate crimes and and against all of you know condoning or uh, condemning all of these different uh, incidents where stuff like this like. I, even even looking at this like yeah i mean i can see how people could get mad at that but like i don't think his intent was to belittle these people because he's got he's got a um a photo
1: it is a ter- <laughs> it's a terrible photo but he's got his arms
0: around two what looks to be Sikh gentlemen <laughs> dressed up as a <laughs> oh, oh man <laughs> <laughs> but oh, his yeah, I mean, self-awareness he- <laughs> level has just got to be at 0% to be able to take that photo. But I don't think this guy... I think this guy was just stupid. He was, I think he was a moron. I don't think he had ill intent on it. <laughs> but like, it, it's it's funny to the... Like I said, I'm not laughing at this. I'm laughing at the person it's happening to, at Justin Trudeau. I think,
1: I think we can laugh at that. Because when you look at Justin Trudeau dressed like that, it's funny. It's silly. They're In no way do I think he is making fun of or mocking uh, the that culture, right? right? He's dressed as a Disney character. He is in character. It's Justin Trudeau. Yeah. Now, he is somebody who constantly makes his bed with the woke <clears throat> scolds. Right. You know, when he corrected that one lady, like, we don't say mankind, we say people kind. <laughs> right, I'm like, yeah. oh, what a, oh, my goodness. Okay, like, that's what mankind means. Right. Anyways. It's it's kind of one of those those things where like okay he made his bed with that and when you feed the alligator all it means is he'll eat you last and your woke gold buddies have officially turned on you and it's like well you deserve that yeah. now I'm I'm very glad not to be Canadian especially you know when things like this happen but at the end of it I find myself kind of defending Justin Trudeau to to say like. Do you really think Justin Trudeau was mocking that culture to denigrate it? Like, yeah. do you really believe that? And here's the problem. It's, and I, I hate that I quote Ben Shapiro on your show every time. <laughs> it's all right, <laughs> but, man. Just lay it But down. here I go. But here I go. Here I am doing it again. Unashamed. He talks about we have a time machine that only goes one way. And that is this concept that we take the standards of today and apply them to to things many, many years ago, mm-hmm. right? And we we don't, we don't know what we're going to think later. Things that we do now, like, for example, dressing up like Aladdin or dressing up like Diana Ross when you're a white person who thinks Diana Ross is amazing and you want to dress up like the person that you idolize. And it's like, yeah, they have a different skin tone, so you change your skin tone to look like them. Is Is that... Like we're gonna go back now and equate that to what they did in the 1920s, where they were legitimately denigrating a culture. Like that's not the same thing. But in the 70s, 80s, 90s, and even in the 2000s, before the woke scold culture became you know so prevalent and such a uh, somehow we began to even listen to them. But it's like before that, that just wasn't a thing. And now we're going back in time and saying. Hey, I actually thought Justin Trudeau's response was spot on. Hey, when I was doing that i didn't I didn't see it that way I didn't right. think it was I didn't think it was a big deal now you guys are saying it's a big deal. It offends people. Hey, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done it if yeah. I'd have known now or known then, but I know now I wouldn't have done it right. I mean, what else do you want people to say? It's, I don't
0: disagree with that at all i think I just think that um you like can't you just like Aladdin like. well that's it i don't disagree with what he said he's just like look i didn't i didn't think it was i didn't have any ill intent on this you know i understand that you know what what this culture says now that this is extremely offensive and and everything like that and i'm sorry i i I think it was um (laughs) i think it might have been babylon b or the onion but it was just like breaking news canadian apologizes (laughs) i (laughs) saw (laughs) that but I, i mean i agree with you and and Like, I I have no real problem with this and I I have no problem with his apology. I I mean, I I think his apology is sincere, but I just laugh at the man that it's happening to. Like you said, he made his bed. Now lie in it. (laughs) Right. Yeah.
1: These are your friends, man. These are your
0: people. Yeah. So there's a lot of articles going on about uh, how Justin Trudeau may have just ruined his chances at reelection. Because I think he's mid-campaign or something like that right now.
1: Yeah, what's wild is he ruined his chances for re-election 15 years before re-election. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, these right. things existed before he was elected the first time. Like, that's the craziest thing. i tell you what, this the, the Ralph Northam thing from Virginia, where he was in blackface with a kind person. That, that
0: disappeared, didn't it? Nobody's it, talking yeah, about that anymore. Of course it did. But talk- that one was... That one seemed way more damaging, right? Right. Like, yeah. He's he's way he's more in damaging. blackface
1: next to a KKK dude, and then he said it wasn't him, and then he said, "Well, if it was me, I'm sorry," and then decided, <laughs> "No, it wasn't me. He yeah, came back if and, it, no, it was
0: me, me, I'm sorry." Like you don't yeah. remember that, dude? How, you, of remember course that? you Look, remember that. Uh, can
1: they prove that it's me? <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. No wait, no, they can't. Uh, uh, ah, yeah. <laughs> 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 it's probably not me though. Probably not me though. Like, do you if? If you've ever dressed in blackface, I feel like you would remember, right? Yeah. If you've ever dressed as a KKK member, I feel like you would remember. I'm like, yeah, I did that, but it's like he's like, ah, man, well, you know, if if you can prove it's me, I'm sorry. If you can't, it wasn't me. <laughs> and I'm like, and dude, and he kept his job. I'm like, yeah, okay. and like, like uh, right. do
0: you remember that video? I think is I think this was him as well, <laughs> talking about how he was a good dancer, and he almost. Did the moonwalk on stage as he yes. was talking about his scandal, standing yes. next to a KKK? Yes. <laughs> he's like, uh hey. "Do you want me to do the moonwalk?" Was, and his and wife is like, "Honey, you're doing a a press conference please don't, about. <laughs> please don't do this. Don't
1: do this." Here, this is the thing that makes me crazy: is we act like politicians aren't people. Like that's not someone's uncle. Like that's someone's crazy uncle. Yeah. He's he's he, he's the governor of Virginia. Yeah. But he's still just a dude. And here's the thing we have to really think about. He's a Democrat. I'm obviously not a fan of his politics. He's for late term and even post-birth abortion.
0: Also known as murder. Yeah, also known as don't like
1: that. And so I'm obviously very much opposed to the way he sees the world, probably. But the gist of where we've got to get to as people is to look at someone and say, yeah, I disagree with you 100%, but are you hateful? Like, do I think that you hate black people? Do I think that, you know, that you genuinely have that? Does your political career, you as a physician, because I think Ralph Northam was a physician, do you have a history of discrimination or prejudice? Or do you have some things that maybe aren't great under the, uh, you know, auspices of time, right? As time unfolds, we look back and go, yeah, that wasn't a good look. And do you have the ability to come back? Because... If we're not willing to do that, we're only going to get two types of people, and those are people that don't social media and come out of nowhere, and they're unknowns, and we have no idea who they are, or we're going to get people like Trump that are just like, yeah, everything I do is great. Who cares? Oh, I did something bad? Screw you. It's like these people that just don't have shame because to apologize is to get destroyed. And mm-hmm. and and that and you see that like with the Ralph Northam, like, oh, I'm sorry if it was me. Oh, it might not have been me, though. And it's like, well, what the crap does that mean? Yeah. You know, like it, you can't just be, we just can't have normal people anymore. You know, like the, the the world just won't tolerate a person that has flaws and is working through life like everyone else is. And so, I don't know. It just, that whole, that whole thing with Trudeau, I'm just like, God, man, boy, it couldn't have happened to a better person because you created this. Yeah, you did this. You
0: were a big part of this. Like you are the leader of Canada, and you are this is part of your platform. So yeah, you're Mister Wokescold. Yeah, and, but I I do feel like you know you're totally right about how this this cancel culture is getting out of control. Um, I mean you saw it uh, also with uh, the Dave Chappelle special, how people were ripping on that. But you went and looked at Rotten Tomatoes closed their ratings. Um, when it was, a, it had a zero percent
1: by yeah. the critics. It
0: had a zero percent. They closed the ratings. Rotten Tomatoes got trashed for closing it, so they reopened the ratings, and the audience score got ninety nine, whereas the critic score got somewhere around like 24 percent Z- okay. or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, but that's the thing is just like I was talking to Larry Sharp uh, on the last episode, and we were talking about how the middle is starting to grow, whereas the fringe is starting to move further and further away from the middle. Um, right. And you know, that, that, that's something that we're seeing, not, not only the repercussions of with something like this, um, but in, in politics in general, I mean, it's just like, like you said, we don't ask, we don't, we associate someone's politics with who they are as a person. And it's just like, is that guy an evil guy? I I don't know. He might be, but, I'm not just gonna assume right off the bat that that guy's an evil guy. I think Ralph right. N- Ralph Nordlum is an is an evil dude just because yeah. like he advocates for killing babies post, uh, birth. Yeah,
1: I don't know how you get there. That's a, that's that's yeah. I yeah, agree that's with you there.
0: that's some Aztec Mayan stuff that I'm not willing to uh, get into. <laughs>
1: Put the babies in the furnace. Yeah, pump uh, them what? in the fire
0: for the sun god.
1: Um, yeah, it, it, yeah it feels weird. But yes, along along the lines of 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 that. It is, I, I think that you, everything's obviously it, cyclical, right? Solomon's, wisest man ever lived, said there's nothing new under the sun. I think we're going to see a a, a pushback to the cancel culture. You're already seeing it with uh, Jimmy Kimmel and um, Stephen Colbert when they were on the whatever, the Emmys or whatever. They were mm. making fun of cancel culture. They were, they were making fun of the fact that there is no host. Uh, Sarah Silverman was saying that nobody wants to host anything anymore because it's just it doesn't pay Man, enough. They're eating their dangerous. own. Yeah, and they were like, it just isn't fun anymore. Yeah, And I think, I, I actually, I know we can't spend the rest of the night on this, but uh, in my, my thesis for one of my final papers in feminist theology, um, <laughs> yeah. <coughs> uh, I did not know you took that. Yeah, feminist theology. All you right, sure did. there you go. And um, I had to write a thesis paper, and in my studies, it seemed like these things start in good places. For example, if you were to say to the most conservative person ever, a man and a woman do the same job, have the same out- effort and the same output, should they get the same uh, compensation? We would say, yes, they are entitled to the same compensation. How they negotiate that is their business, but they are entitled to the same competition or same uh, compensation. I think... Everybody in the world would agree to that, mm-hmm. right? I don't think anybody would say, no, women should be paid less because they're women, right. right? So we start from that premise, everybody's on board. But by the time we get to the end of it, it's so it's so heavy. And in my thesis, I wrote that it's like a train car. And the more boxes you add, the slower it gets until the point of you've put so many on that it just stops and doesn't go anywhere, And that's typically what happens with these movements: cancel culture, woke scolds, things like that. It gets so heavy. They so inclusive. The LGBTQ but dismissment and all these letters. Now it's like it started out with uh, you shouldn't be killing people because of their sexual orientation. You shouldn't be bullying people because of their sexual orientation. You shouldn't be ostracizing them. You shouldn't be treating them improperly. They're still they're humans, worthy of love and respect, and should be treated the same as all of us. Everybody's on board everybody's on board. It gets to a point where the dude with the, where they had the climate change and the gay guy was dancing in the street in his daisy. Dukes and, oh yeah. Like, I saw that video <laughs> and they were throwing
0: it. Like I was like, yeah. uh, I saw, I saw a post. I think it was, um, maybe it was Andrew Schultz, like a comedian. He was like, you're littering, you're littering in a climate change. And he <laughs> and had a water
1: bottle in his hand. Plastic
0: water bottle. Yeah.
1: But the point is it gets to this absurd level to where it's not going anywhere. Like this movement isn't going anywhere. And at the point where you're refusing sound doctrine, you're refusing data, you're refusing facts, it's just not going anywhere. Mm. And I think we're reaching the point where cancel culture, woke scolds, things like that, it's just not going anywhere to the point where comedians, it's not fun anymore. And that's where you're going to see the middle start to grow again and the fringes are going to get you know, uh, smaller and smaller, but probably more radical and louder. And um, they just need to be ignored and not be in the mainstream media. The problem is the middle likes to watch the fringe... Do crazy stuff it's entertaining no
0: and, no uh, the middle does not like to watch the the fringe and the crazy stuff the corporate media pushes the fringe and the crazy stuff in your face that's what you see every single day apparently
1: that's, we watch it i mean I, i'm not saying i like to watch it but i'm saying it, it
0: and not many people watch the news anymore if
1: we weren't clicking on things they probably wouldn't be but i think at some point You're right our, you know i don't click on very many things anymore because i know what clickbait is but let's be honest clickbait worked for a good decade
0: it still works it still works. It still works, you know? yeah.
1: And so, you know, that until we as consumers change what we consume, that's probably not going to change. I know we're way off Justin Trudeau, but yeah. Welcome to the freak show. <laughs> no, this is
0: what I like talking about. You. It's just very organic. We go from thing to thing. But um, I, I think you're right. I, I think, um, you know, it, it's going to be a very interesting t- to see how this pans out. Like 2020 <clears> is coming up. I... I I honestly don't know what's going to happen in 2020. I've covered the debates. I've watched all of the debates. I didn't cover the last one just because it's like, I did two episodes on the debates and I watched the third one. I was like, it's the same damn thing. Like I I can't do another episode on this because it's the same thing. But, um, I, I don't know. It was funny because as I was watching the third debate, I was like, none of these guys, I don't think any of these people can beat Donald Trump. And then I would go and I would see what Donald Trump would say the next day. And I was like, this guy's going to lose. There's no way he's going to (laughs) win. And I was like, I don't know what's going to happen in 2020, but I, I thought I just kept thinking back to in 2016 when Hillary said that if Donald Trump loses the election, the right will not put up with it. They will like, they will go to the streets. They will protest. They will like try and overthrow the duly elected power, which would be me, Hillary Clinton. And what has happened to the left since Donald Trump has been elected into office,
1: Her her
0: prophecy came true, but for her side. So I don't know as if, uh, boy, it's going to be bad if Donald Trump wins in 2020 again, just from the left there. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know. I don't think I kept thinking, I was like, is this, if Donald Trump wins in 2020, is it going to be the final call to be like, look, have we gone too far? Should we start going back to the middle? I don't think so. The more this goes on, I think they go further and further to the left.
1: Yeah, I think you the the only answer to like true change, Keaton is suffering. And and like that the the, the answer the catalyst for genuine change is pain. And I I hate to say this, but it's like life is too good in America that in order for us to genuinely change our thoughts, think about like 9/12 2001, the reason we were so much different for the next two months was because it hurt. We were shocked. We were in pain. We were in mourning. And it was like, man, racism is stupid. Man, hatred is stupid. Let's help our neighbors. Let's help. And it's like, but when things are really, really good, that doesn't come natural. And so I think that until the economy crashes, until people are really hungry or we have some legit things go wrong, I don't think you'll... I think that it's, it's easy to fight. It's easy. It's too easy. We have, it's it's too pleasant.
0: So what's the saying? It's like, uh, good times create weak men, weak men create hard times, hard times create strong men. And that's the circle that we go in. And I I think you're, I think you're right. You know, I think I don't want to say that that's a, it's an inevitable cycle that we go through, but it's hard to look at history and (laughs) not apply that. It's hard to look at history and not apply that and be like, look, I mean, this this has stood the test of time for everywhere, in every culture, in every civilization.
1: The reality is that suffering creates beauty. Yeah. That is it. You know, and if, if we're not, we're, we think we're suffering, we're in the greatest time, in the greatest place, doing the greatest thing humanity has ever seen. And it's like that, what does the Bible say that? that Christ is the desire of nations. And it's like the further we get from him, ah, we just get to that point where it's it's you know, it's too good.
0: Yeah. It's just too
1: good. If we don't you, know what we're doing. We you, don't know what to do with it.
0: If you're listening to this, you've you've already won the lottery. You're you're living in the greatest moment that has ever been <laughs> in human yeah. history.
1: And you're a person.
0: And you're a person. Not a,
1: not a worm, not a flea. Not a, you know what I mean? <laughs> no like kidding. of all yeah. the trillions of things you could have been on this planet, you were born a person in America. It's like at this time, my God! And you got you're, lucky. for some
0: reason, you're listening to us. <laughs> <laughs> you're so lucky. That makes you really lucky, <laughs> boy. <you're> <laughs>
1: <laughs> the prize
0: could not be bigger for winning the lottery God, of living. How
1: lucky do you feel driving <laughs> right now?
0: <laughs> oh my yeah. God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's move on to something okay. that we. I kind of wanted to center the conversation around, but it's been fun talking to you like this. Now
1: the real talk. Happens. Now the no real more joking.
0: Now the transition from friends to bitter enemies. No, dun, dun, dun. nothing like that. But I did want to cover a couple stories, and then kind of take the conversation from there. So, um, if if you haven't heard, Iran um, has been tagged with the attack on Saudi Arabia's oil fields. So Saudi Arabia had their oil fields, um, attacked, uh, uh last week. I, w- I believe it was, but, uh, uh nearly minutes later after the, <laughs> I, I had my phone, I had the news thing and it was like, bloop, uh, Saudi Arabia says oil fields were attacked. And then it was like, bloop. Mike Pompeo and, and Trump say it was Iran. <laughs> it was like two minutes afterwards. I was like, oh, okay. All right. Well, maybe they did. I mean, it, it would make sense. I'm not going to say that Iran doesn't have a, 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 a invested interest in attacking Saudi Arabia's oil fields at all. So I was like, well, maybe they did. And then it was like, bloop, Houthis take responsibility for the attack. And I was like, oh, well, the Houthis took responsibility, but the the intelligence agencies like, yeah, but it was Iran. Trust us, it was Iran. So I don't know what to believe. It was, it could have definitely could have been Iran that attacked the uh, the oil facilities. They actually did a lot of damage. It was a pretty sophisticated attack. That's why they think it came from Iran. Um, it's my understanding that it was a uh, drone attack, and even though the Houthis um, have been sending drones and doing drone attacks for the last year and a half. Uh, nothing this sophisticated has been, um, done by the Houthis with their drones and with their missiles. So that's why they're, they're believing that it was Iran. However, as much as I dug into this story, there is no proof that Iran did it. Um, not to say that, that it wasn't Iran, but the intelligence community doesn't have proof that Iran definitely did it. But have you looked into the story at all matt or like what's your initial views on like uh saudi arabia getting their oil fields attacked do you think it was iran i mean there's there's good chance that it was but the houthis claimed the attack so i don't know how much you know about the situation
1: yeah um i know some but at the end of it i kind of look at it like this like was i there do i know somebody who works at the pentagon who saw that and the answer is we don't know and right. we probably won't know for, I don't know, fifty, sixty years until they declassify it and we watch it on the History Channel and they give us the full documentary about who knew what and why they were making those decisions. Because when you watch those documentaries on Vietnam, you're like, Ah, that's why we were doing that, because otherwise that military installation doesn't make any sense. And it's it's like, oh, okay, in in the history and the I remember I had a friend who has Access to classified documents, and he said the Mogadishu Black Hawk Down thing makes so much more sense when you can see the classified version. He was like, The way that they made the movie, it was okay, but it makes a lot more sense when you read the classified version of what happened. He's like, You know, obviously, I can't talk about it, but I've read it. When they declassify it, read it. And I was like, Okay, cool. So, Ah, you know, something like that happens where Saudi Arabia gets bombed. I'm not, a, obviously, a Saudi Arabia fan because of their human rights violation stuff.
0: <laughs> They've um, got a, a handful, at least. <laughs> they got Just a, a handful or those. two or ten.
1: Yeah, you know, our cultures are very different. What do I know about Saudi Arabia? Almost nothing. Um, well, they, they, some they
0: kind of saw journalists up in place their body parts in bags and drag well, them out but, of embassies. But what
1: did that guy do? I don't know. You know? Like, <laughs> I don't know what he did. Maybe he said like, that guy's
0: mom was fat. I don't yeah. know.
1: What did he say? What did he say? Right. I don't know. Uh, no, the the point of it for me is we don't know. And that's why it's so important to have checks and balances in the, in the government. And that's why it's so important to have a democratic republic is... T- So we have people that are, you know, that are there that are in a rotation. Now, that's a disadvantage because, like, China can play the long game because they know they're going to be in power for the next 40, 50 years. And they know Trump's only going to be there another six years at best. And so they're able to, you know, kind of play a long game. Uh, that's, That's the disadvantage. The advantage is the Saudis have to make a new deal with a whole new people and regime every four years. And so the fact that we have been kind of trying to figure out the iran problem for ever since you know since the 80s whenever was it the 70s or 80s when uh, they was the overthrew. 60s was it the 60s okay yeah welcome to well the the my... revolution
0: we installed the shah in the 60s i believe but the revolution happened in the 70s 80s that's what
1: i thought cuz there's pictures of the of iran in the 60s and 70s where you're like that's really nice hmm. and like iran was a great place to be until the Islamic Revolution hit. Um, but the point of that is, say, what do I think? Well, it doesn't really matter what I think and who did it. But here's what I do think. I think that we know who did it because we have plants all through the Middle East. And I think that we have capabilities that are classified I think that we knew who was doing what when they were doing it. um do I think it was at least helped by Iran? yeah, I do I do. I have no problem with that it was It was very complicated, and here's the thing. We only know that because they're telling us that right like mm-hmm. I wasn't there. It might not even have been complicated. It might have been very simple, and they're like Iran, but the point of it is it's the bigger picture for me. I get less caught up on those details because I wasn't there. You weren't there. CNN wasn't there. Right. We don't know. It's just people saying, Oh, it was complicated. Um, it kind of leads us into the bigger conversation of how we view the world. Mm -hmm. And that takes us in a whole different area that I don't know if you're trying to get to yet.
0: Well, yeah. So, um, one of the things I did want to say is, is the response to this was obviously the, the intelligence community, Trump and and everyone is, is blaming Iran for the attack. So what is, is being done is Trump has okayed troop deployments to Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates. So troop deployments are going there. He says that they're mainly going to be for defensive measures for uh, air defense and, and and different kind of defensive measures for drones and airstrikes and and missiles of that sorts. Um, <clears throat> my question to you, Matt Bell, and we'll kind of get into this a little bit. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll just dive right in. My question to you is: <clears throat> Is it worth deploying American troops and putting lives at risk for Saudi Arabia? No.
1: Okay. Short answer. Short answer. No, but that's not why they're there. It, they're not there. They're not there for Saudi Arabia. They like, are. It's not, <clears throat> I, I hear what you're saying. But Here's the. Okay.
0: Trump. Trump literally <clears throat> tweeted. He was just like, Saudi. I'm waiting word for Saudi Arabia to confirm it's right. Iran.
1: No, I'm with you. I, I I agree. They're going to Saudi Arabia. They're going to defend Saudi Arabia. In the grand scheme of things, it's not about Saudi Arabia. If it was a different country. It would be that word. The question we're really asking is, do we believe in intervention? Do we believe in small-scale intervention? Do we believe that the American military belongs in another country doing something that isn't directly related to America? And I'm like, that's where we differ. And I, I have a, do we belong in Saudi Arabia? No, but it's not about Saudi Arabia. It's about the bigger picture of Do we believe in squashing small skirmishes while they're small? Or do we believe in leaving them alone? This is the the question I have, and it's kind of a a mental exercise that maybe you and the listeners would enjoy doing. And these are the questions I ask myself. I like these. This This is why I land where I land. Let's say that the U.S. government recognizes that on the eastern front during World War II, sorry, the western front during World War II, that Hitler is advancing, okay? uh, Czechoslovakia or Czech Republic falls. France falls. Uh, London is getting bombed by the Blitzkrieg, and they're hanging in there, but it's not great, okay? On the eastern front, let's say that Hitler's not an idiot and doesn't invade Russia like he did, and that really hurt them. But let's say he's holding the Eastern Front very well. He's dominated Eastern Europe. He's moving into Western Europe. How long can London and the Brits hold out? We don't know. All right, they've allied with Japan. Japan's making these incursions into China, the rape of Nanking. It's not good. They're taking over mainland China. We have this regime that is really making moves in the world, and we know that. But the American sentiment is, not our circus, not our monkeys. We don't want anything to do with it. But we know they're coming. Like It's the White Walkers, man. They're headed our way. They, just because they're at Winterfell right now doesn't mean that they're not coming to King's Landing. And I'm sorry I'm nerding out a little bit. <laughs> but the, <laughs> the point of it is the Nazi regime is coming to America right? It is coming, no doubt. Once they conquer France, get some resources together, do you really think they're going to be like, oh, y'all are cool. Y'all good over there. Don't worry about it. Like, that's not what's going to happen. But the American sentiment is we don't want to do this. We're not interested. We don't want to fight. We fought World War I. We're not interested in another war. We don't want to do it. So let's say this. Let's say the U.S. government knows that Pearl Harbor is going to be attacked, but they don't stop it. Because they know that they need an inciting moment to invigorate the American public to be on board with taking this fight off of American shores. There's actually right? some pretty there is compelling, some great evidence. There's some compelling
0: yep. evidence that they actually knew that Pearl Harbor that, was going that to That is be true.
1: Done. Absolutely. There is. And I'm saying, okay, what if that is the case, right? That the case is they knew. And that they didn't know exactly when, or they weren't complicit in it, but they kind of knew it was going to happen, and and let it happen, per se, right? For lack of a better term, they quote, let it happen, to make sure that the war would not be fought on American soil. What are your thoughts on that premise, the idea of, hey, this is coming to America. If we don't go now, we're going to fight it in Detroit. We're going to fight it in New York City. We're going to fight the japanese in los angeles we got we got to go now so the answer to your question is however you feel about that right how many people have lied to their children to get their children to do what they believe to be ultimately good right we've we've all done it it's like everybody has deceived a child to get an an outcome that is most beneficial to me it's not that different to say listen if we leave the middle east alone like we did with bill clinton like we did with george w bush the 1st and it's like other than other than the uh, desert storm we went in there we didn't change anything we just sent them back to iraq and said don't invade kuwait now and they were like okay and they went back to their back to iraq we left it alone we we know what decades of non-interventionist thinking will do. Like we know that, we've seen it. The idea that we can just pull out and be like, y'all have at it, we don't belong here. I'm like, how long do you have? And I think that we we play a game where, and this is where you can come at me. uh, I think that we go along with the non-intervention thinking because we don't really want anything to do with war which is a great quality to have. We don't want anything to do with it, so we leave it alone. That only lasts for so long because the idea that everybody in the world thinks like we do and wants a democratic republic and wants individual liberty, the fact that we think the rest of the world thinks that way is a fallacy. There are bad actors in the world and they're going to be dealt with there or they're going to be dealt with here. Does that mean that we are this great arbiter of perfection? No, not at all. But when we, when Iran is basically begging for money, they're funding terror, and their regime is ideologically opposed to ours, right, fully opposed to ours. Chance death to America. Do you really think us just leaving them alone, like, you know what? You're right. We have obviously made you mad. We're gonna just go away. Do you think that they're like, okay, cool, but well, we'll leave you alone then?
0: Let me let me ask you a quick question. Do you think the Soviet Union wanted death to America?
1: No, I think they wanted to conquer America.
0: They, want, they I think they, they wanted death to America.
1: Yeah, I I I think that not chanting death to America, but I think they wanted it, it wasn't they, a
0: it wasn't a religious view that the Soviet Union had because they that's part of communism. There's no religion, right. but right. It, it was a pure domination, mm-hmm. killing of America and its and its foundings and founding communism there. Right. Right. Um, they had thirty thousand nukes. We had thousands of nukes as well, more than they did. Right. Um, we talked it out. I think to compare the Axis powers to something that's happening in Iran is uh, a little bit of a stretch, (laughs) I would say. But um, look, if you could give me an example of any of the intervention, the small scale intervention that you said, give me an example of small scale intervention that we've done in the last 20 years that's had a net positive effect for Americans.
1: Yeah, I would, I would, I think there's, there's, I shudder to say plenty because obviously you're going to want to be like, okay, well, name five, right? And it's like, I'm going to struggle to do that. Uh, we did not intervene in Venezuela. We did not. We did not intervene in Cuba.
0: No, we just sanctioned them for 50 years.
1: Right. But they were part of the USSR. I'm like, Yeah, they they wanted the destruction. They were sending dissenters over. They were sending you know, they were trying to spread communist propaganda. We did not go in and say, "Here's a full full fledged intervention. We're going to stop you from being communists." Right? We did not do that.
0: Well, there Um, there was a plan to invade Cuba. There was the the Bay of Pigs, and the CIA tried to overthrow Cuban government. Yeah,
1: but I mean full scale. I mean war. Yeah, there was a plan that
0: went to Kennedy's desk that involved a full scale invasion of Cuba, but since nuclear weapons were on the touch of a fingernail, he right. he, he planned against it. Um, right. but the, the thing that I'm thinking of right now, this, this, uh, this idea that a war and inter- intervention in Iraq, are you an are, are, okay, let me not put words in your mouth here. Um, when you say intervention, you're, you're a fan of intervention. I, that that on its face, I disagree with tremendously, just because of the. I mean, I can give you the history of the last twenty years with the Iraq, the Afghanistan, Libya, Somalia. I'm
1: I'm okay. So when I say intervention, I don't mean to topple the regime. So like Libya, we went and toppled the regime, and this idea that getting rid of Gaddafi is going to make the world a better place. No, that's not what. That is not making it a better place, but. This idea of I don't want to say containment because that was kind of the Vietnam model of you know trying to stop. And if you watch it on the History Channel, it's, it's the whole idea of Vietnam was to stop the spread. Mm-hmm. But the reason Vietnam it's the whole was idea of the Cold War, right? But I don't think like taking out Saddam Hussein ah that might have been a mistake, right? Like leave he was a terrible person, but you don't have a great. Culture, and that's not me bashing the culture, but they don't want a democratic republic. There are tribes there with all kinds of infighting. So the, what I'm what I am saying, let me not diatribe. What I am saying is, if Iran bombs some ships to draw attention to get more money, I'm okay with shooting their speedboats. I'm okay with bombing their navy bases and saying, from the places that you launch this like these attacks, we will retaliate. We're not invading your country. I'm not trying to take over your sovereignty. You're just bankrupting
0: I, them to death.
1: What? No. What I am saying is, what you're doing is not okay, and we will. Well, it's a
0: retaliation it. to the sanctions. They weren't bombing ships when we didn't have sanctions on them with the Iran nuclear deal. They were complying
1: when we gave them millions or billions of dollars in cash. Yeah, their money. That that,
0: that was that their has, money.
1: That has been traced to terrorism.
0: Oh, well, there's plenty of our money that's been tied to terrorism as well. But I used to bash Obama in this as well, like um, before I did some reading on it. But that was Iran's money that was taken from them in the 70s.
1: Okay, so we gave them their reparations for the for the 70s. That
0: was the, it's like, not rep. We're not paying them. It's their money. We seized it.
1: Okay, so we gave we gave them their money back
0: when they complied right? with the deal.
1: Yeah, when they complied with the deal, we gave them pounds pallets of cash. What did they do with the cash?
0: They invested in their uh, infrastructure.
1: <laughs> okay okay like bridges and things like that it's oh, like yeah. we know like we know every every uh every what am i trying to say um so are you talking about the
0: funding to like hezbollah and and other yes okay uh,
1: that but every uh not regime that's the word that keeps coming to mind. every presidency every whatever yeah uh ends up dealing with iran or iran and their. they're they're playing on the world stage in a way that is not conducive to the the western thought, right? Their chance to the fact that they whenever they bombed 9/11 and people in the in the Who? streets during in, in Iran Who? uh the Taliban al-Qaeda
0: Iran when, had nothing to do with that.
1: Right, but they were in the streets like yeah can we deaf to the infidel like iran was cheering it on in the streets so this idea that you can leave them alone and give them back their money and be like here's your billion dollars back that we took in the 70s we're so sorry please be nice and it's like the idea that they're like okay thank you that's all we wanted i don't i don't believe that and i'm a, I, let me ask you this because i feel like i'm just ranting <laughs> Do you think that if we were to give them back all their cash, undo all of the sanctions, and say, please don't go nuclear, that they would be like, no problem. We won't go nuclear, and we'll be nice, and we'll never cause any more problems. Good to go.
0: <laughs> if you're wanting me to defend Iran and say they're not going to do anything wrong, I'm not I'm not going to do that. Obviously, I don't trust Iran. I don't trust Hezbollah. Uh, I don't trust the United States military either, because look, this, these are... To answer your question, I don't want Iran to get a nuclear weapon. I think we need to engage in diplomatic talks. What I don't want is a war with Iran. And eighty percent of American people uh, related to this Gallup poll here that was taken. Eighty percent of American people don't want military action against Iran. They don't want another war. And right. so we don't want a war. So what I think needs to happen though is instead of is sanctioning and starving and and. Uh, and restricting medical supplies going to the Iranian people, I think what needs to happen is a dialogue needs to happen. I think we need to bring them back to the table, bring them back to a deal. Uh, I think Trump leaving the Iran deal and going like this was the worst deal ever made, completely leaving, and then when Iran is like, okay, you left the deal, we're going to do our own thing now, and they start enriching more uranium.
1: What is their own thing?
0: What is their own thing?
1: Yeah, you say they start doing their own thing. What is that?
0: Yeah, their own self-interest start expanding to their own self-interest
1: bombing bombing ships in the, in the straits of Hermouth?
0: after after sanctions were put on them
1: so what does that do like what what is bombing streets bombing in the streets of Hermouth? what does that mean like why what is that how does that further their interests
0: bombing the ships in the strait of Hermouth? yeah yeah what that does is say uh we can cripple the world's oil supply if you don't lift these sanctions
1: okay so it's like an act of war
0: As sanctions are, yes.
1: Okay. What is, what's, for me, I look at it and say, okay, I don't trust the Iranian, the Iranian regime. I I don't think Iran is, Iran is going to, whatever. I don't think they're going to do what we would call, quote, the right thing, whatever that is. But it's our ideals. I don't think if you bring them back to the table. I don't think the mullahs are like... uh,
0: They were complying completely with the nuclear deal that was in place.
1: uh, Unless you count the fact that they did not allow the inspectors to have free reign to go check out the uh, centrifuges, then yes, of course they were. The centrifuge... Other than like, don't go in that closet, but everything else
0: is good. (laughs) The fact that the nuclear deal gave far more visibility into their nuclear program than America has ever had and the UN has ever had in history... But they refused
1: to let people—they they wouldn't even let certain—they wouldn't let The inspectors- United States
0: wouldn't do that.
1: Of course not. No. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. So, so the point of it is this. If you think that—if your view of the world is we should treat everybody, their philosophy is to be as respected as our philosophy, then I say, okay, that's how you see the world. I don't see it that way. I think a democratic republic with a Constitution and Bill of Rights— yeah, I'm. Not, I'm not.
0: I'm okay with. Us so you being are like, for the yeah. Constitution. I see where that, you're going. No, with this. no. Like, look, I know you're for the Constitution. I know your answer. Yes, you're for the <laughs> yeah. Constitution. I've talked to you for a long time. The last twenty years, every single war we've gotten into the in the Middle East has been illegal.
1: Okay, I'm with. I I, I agree. Okay, I agree with you on that. But that's not what I'm. That's not the. You're advocating you,
0: for illegal wars, Matt.
1: No, I'm not. I'm advocating for a war the on terror tell me
0: who terror is an individual okay. or a state that terror is say that again it's the war on terror that's ever since oh, feel I feel how yeah. you feel no, about a, George W. Against- Bush but that guy was the center person for the greatest erosion of American liberty and freedom that this country has ever seen and ever since he created the war on terror which is just a tactic it's not a person it's not an organization it's just a war on terror and he got he bypass he can bypass congress and every president has done it since has bypassed congress to in- initiate wars and fighting without congressional approval ever since then
1: i'm not i don't disagree with you there i'm i'm 100% with you on that but the question i have is would you prefer to fight hitler on american shores
0: you <laughs> going back to world war II.
1: I'm at, i but Truly, I'm asking you because at that point, if you're non interventionist and you're like, look, you're. Uh, Dude, I'm not like, no-
0: look, if you're saying, if you're wanting me to say that I wouldn't fight Hitler in World War II, yes, I would fight let's Hitler forget, in World War let's, II. They got let's congressional approval for that war, by the way.
1: Because of Pearl Harbor.
0: Well, yes, but the American people said yes. The American at, people are af- saying no right now.
1: After Pearl Harbor. So do we wait for Iran to bomb a U.S. target? before we do anything is that is that the because what we're asking is this uh, don't get frustrated with me when is force acceptable in a keaton regime
0: when is force acceptable Yes. when you violate the non-aggression principle
1: okay so no sanctions
0: correct that's an act of war
1: okay so no sanctions i agree that is a financial siege you're right Okay, I would be okay with maybe some less sanctions. Ease the sanctions, and let's see what happens. I'm okay with that. Bring them
0: to the table, get a dialogue going.
1: Bring them to the table, get a dialogue going. Do you think that you're the first person to think that?
0: Uh, No. Of course
1: not. Do you think you're the first person to try that? With Iran? Yes. No. Do you think you're the second person to try that?
0: (laughs) Surprisingly enough.
1: Okay, do you think you're the third person to try that? Fourth person, well, fifth no. person, sixth person. The point I'm making is not to be <laughs> obnoxious, but is to say I I think in the world there are bad actors. I think in the world there are well, liars. Of course. I think in the I think in the world there are people that have no intention of complying, but have every intention of keeping power and gaining more. And they're they're people that deserve none. And in that way, I think that those people and those regimes have to be dealt with in a way that is more slimy than what I prefer. So when I hear that we're doing things to minimize the power of Iran, I think to myself, okay, I'm I'm probably more okay with that because that's not a democratic, that doesn't represent the majority of Iranians, right? that's not a democratically elected person that's that's it, it's like palestine if they were holding open elections and they were free and clear and they were electing those people i'd be like okay i get it they elected ha- not,
0: ha- hezbollah
1: yeah in the in the very beginning and they're in their 13th year of a 4 year term and it's like okay well that's a thing so with that said like i i don't know how you sleep at night being like yeah just leave them alone see what happens
0: I, I don't know, man. I, I don't uh, I don't think that, look, if you look at the last 20 years, uh, hell, 30 years, if you look at the last 30 years, at every intervention that we've done in the Middle East, has it had any net positive effect? Any?
1: Well, we have not had another attack on U.S. soil.
0: Yes, we have.
1: Not like that.
0: Well, they haven't flown a plane into a building since then.
1: Well, they haven't killed 3,000 people in one swoop. They haven't bombed anything.
0: No. And that was, I'm not saying that that's not a justified reason to go to war. I already said that that's a justified reason to go to war against Al Qaeda. What I said, what I'm saying is there's been no net positive effect for the American people. They've had their freedom eroded with a growing out of control military uh, and out of control government. That is, has over 800 bases in 70 countries. And, you know, Republicans love to talk about fiscal, fiscal conservative, you know, fiscal responsibility, conservative spending. When Trump has spending trillions of dollars, we spend more on the military than the next seven countries combined. Six of which are are allies or excuse me, five of which are allies I think Trump was on to something when he went into South. He won in South Carolina when he said we need to bring the troops home. We need to end these wars in Afghanistan and Iraq. We're look when we went into Afghanistan and Iraq. What are we still even doing there? We have been there for 18 years. We went in there. We had the surge of over 100,000. We had 100,000 troops on the ground there. What are we going to accomplish with a few thousand troops now that we couldn't with 100,000? This is the thing is like, look, I don't believe that now in Afghanistan and Iraq, there have been over a million people killed, millions more displaced, thousands of American lives lost, trillions of dollars spent, and there's more Al-Qaeda and Taliban than there were at the beginning of the attack. Is there a question? No, I'm just kind of ranting for a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I but I, they, I don't believe so, that like look this has obviously we've tried this in Iraq we've tried this in Afghanistan we tried it in Libya we tried it in Somalia. We're, we're, tr- we're going to tr- we've been trying it in uh, Syria against Assad when we actually allied with Saudi Arabia, who was bankrolling Al Qaeda, by the way, when they attacked us on 9-11 and was bankrolling the Taliban when we invaded Iraq. So they killed thousands of people. And then when we took Iraq, Saudi Arabia was like, what are you doing? By the way, you can't talk about Middle Eastern politics when you when you um, if you don't talk about the Shia and the Sunni, the Shia and the Sunni are, are, are two different sides that are always in conflict in the Middle East. We wipe out the, the, uh, the Sunni in Iraq and Afghanistan. Saudi Arabia is like, why'd you do that? You handed Iran, Iraq on a silver platter. Dick Cheney was like, Oh, I'm sorry. That's when the redirection came in. So Dick Cheney and, uh, George W. Bush had the redirection to eliminate the Shia overtake uh, of Iraq, and then that's how we're fighting the war on behalf of Saudi Arabia right now. Who is bank? Who is still bankrolling Al Qaeda in Syria and Yemen? And look and talk about yeah. I don't know. Syria just went off. I think I Syria put her off. But, um, <laughs> She's like, who me? <laughs> but like when you look at the disasters that are happening in Yemen, when we're funding Saudi Arabia in a legitimate genocide in Yemen we completely blockaded the region they can't get medical supplies they've had Saudi Arabia is tar- targeting water plants water treatment plants and they've had the greatest outbreak in cholera in the history of the world there, there's never been a cholera outbreak worse than that and like, I I don't, I don't I don't see our intervention in the Middle East as a net positive for not only Americans but for the people that we claim to help
1: yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I don't disagree with any of the stuff that you just said. Uh, I do think this, that it is probably historically better when there is infighting and instability in those regions because when we leave it alone and one place gets one particular regime or state or whatever gets more and more power, they get stronger and stronger, so creating instability in that region does seem to be something that the u s is good at now I'm guessing here i 'm kind of speculating it does appear that creating that instability makes Saudi Arabia fighting Iran makes Iran weak, for trying to you know looking at Iraq because one of the things Saddam Hussein said was that he was worried that Iran was going to invade Iraq, and so yeah. he said he had weapons of mass destruction. And so like that whole area staying completely disheveled is seems to be in America's interest to say that place has got a lot of crazy infighting going on. What can 2000 people do that a hundred thousand people can't do? I don't think the objective is the same. I think we thought maybe we can create a democracy there. Like, right. Give them the old America one, point uh, 1.0. <laughs> and it's like that, that's not what they want. That's not who they are. That's not how they get down. Right. And once once we know that, that's that's okay. The primary factor is this for me. You and I disagree in the sense that I think if you leave the Middle East alone, it doesn't get better.
0: I'm not, I'm not arguing s- that it will get better.
1: I'm not saying that what we do is good. I'm not saying that what we do is is beneficial for the region. I'm not saying that what we do is you know, in the great teleological Greek understanding of virtue, a good thing.
0: You advocate for I'm, intervention, though. That's what we've done in the but, last 30 years.
1: Right. I, but what I am saying, not 30 years, because Clinton did not intervene. Yes, he,
0: he bombed Iraq and he sanctioned no, Iraq. He killed 500,000 no, kids. He,
1: he, he's, he sent some tomahawk missiles over there and was like, y'all behave now. Just a and few tomahawk like, missiles. Just a few tomahawk missiles. It was and not then starved no,
0: 500,000 children to death.
1: There were no there were no troops on the ground. There was no real intervention. It was just we fired some missiles. Like we know what non intervention does.
0: That these were Is sh- that not intervention?
1: No, that's not intervention. intervention. Sending tomahawk
0: we're, missiles and starving five hundred thousand kids to death is not intervention.
1: Um, you're using a statistic there that I would disagree with. Uh, Madeline it not, Albright, did you listen to my last episode? It was I did not.
0: Okay, Madeline Albright, the Secretary of State for Bill Clinton, the UN came out with a report that Bill Clinton's sanctions on Iraq killed 500,000 children, and she got questioned on 60 Minutes, and she was asked if it was worth it for their agenda, and she said, you know, it's a hard choice to make, but I believe that it was worth it. So,
1: at the end of the day, I can say, any negative thing I do to you, you can be like, well, children died, and it's like, was it worth it? Well, that's the crap you're supposed to do with that, right? Like, oh, kids died, so that's the ultimate. It's like yeah, it kid is. Up f- in f-
0: half a million kids.
1: It's like the little girl in the UN that's like, you have stolen our future. How can you take...
0: <laughs> no, that's it, not it, nearly it's the like, same oh, thing, okay. Matt though. It is. It no, is the same not. thing. No, it's not.
1: It is, because here's, here's, here's how it's the same. When you make those decisions to say, this country's doing something and they throw some sanctions on some people, right? They throw sanctions on Iraq for doing things that are terrible, whether it's gassing their own people. It's like saying, hey, we're not going to do trade with you if you're going to gas your own people. You're gassing the crap out of the Kurds, so we're not going to allow you to have this kind of free trade like a country that's not gassing its own people. And it's like, well, children died because of those sanctions. And it's like, well, was it worth it? It's like, what, was I supposed to do nothing? Was I supposed to just let that country do its own thing? Because you're saying, yeah, just keep giving them money, even if we know that they're spending that profit on weapons to murder people in their own country. I could come back and say, well, by not doing those sanctions, Keaton, they killed 500,000 Kurdish children. Was it worth it? Was your non-intervention worth it? And you'd be like, well, what? Well, find me a statistic
0: that Saddam Hussein killed over 500,000 children in a couple years.
1: How many Kurds did he kill?
0: I don't know how many Kurds he killed. Let's look it, it up. Let's, let's, let's look it up, man. Look, I, I don't agree with defending the idea of, look, if we didn't do those sanctions, and yeah, 500,000 children died, but look, this was a bad guy and we needed to get him out. Like, I don't agree with that. Look, I, I think that I'm not defending someone like Saddam Hussein. I think he was a brutal dictator to his own people. I know he did kill his own people. So did... Uh, what do you got?
1: Uh, around 200,000. 200, cool. Around 182,000 So which number
0: is greater than 200,000 again?
1: Well, we could throw numbers out all we want, but we stopped that.
0: By killing 500,000 kids? We did not kill them. Our sanctions, yes, they starve to death.
1: Okay, whenever they sanction people, they will provide humanitarian aid when the regime not with denies those sanctions.
0: That. In fact, Donald yes. Trump's sanctions on Iraq, Keaton, on our on the Iran. UN will what
1: at this at this point, we're kind of talking about stuff that we don't possibly know because the UN is supposed to provide uh, humanitarian aid in times of sanctions. Correct. There but are supposed lo- to be
0: channels for hu- specifically right. for humanitarian aid, but.
1: It is a well-known thing, think Black Hawk down Mogadishu, they that the lords do not allow that to get to the people because they don't want those people being able to survive. They want the sanctions to show like you guys killed all these so people. So you don't
0: think that it's within the American the, the possibility that the American government blocked those channels?
1: Anything's possible, obviously.
0: They're doing it in Iran right now.
1: Okay. So
0: they're the blocking is humanitarian this. channels to Iran.
1: Okay, I don't, I'm not engaging in that. What I am saying, asking you is this. If Saddam Hussein is killing 182,000 of his own people, gassing men, women, and children, and you put sanctions on them and say you cannot do that, and he refuses to stop doing that, accepts the sanctions, and passes that suffering on to his people, that's America's problem. (laughs) That's our fault. What would you say? Just let him keep killing the Kurds?
0: I don't think, look, I think it's terrible what's happened to the Kurds, but I don't believe that it should be our involvement to get into there and cause something that would cause half a million children to die.
1: Right. So you're saying leave it alone.
0: Yes. So
1: in the middle of his killing, we, we sanctioned him and stopped him and he passed that suffering onto his own people, right? He was living in gold palaces and all that
0: stuff. Like yeah, he t- had the, tell me what he that had, sanctions did to get Saddam Hussein out of power. The, same, the same thing? No, it didn't stop anything. Look, we sanctioned Cuba he for stopped. 50 he years. Stopped. Castro was He's. in power for 50 years. We're sanctioning Iran now. We sanctioned Iraq. Saddam Hussein was still in there until we invaded his country.
1: The goal of sanctions is obviously to turn the will of the people against their rulers. Correct, by That's starving the-
0: them. Yeah.
1: Well, by... By making life difficult, yeah.
0: Yes, so it's not targeting the the military individuals specifically. It's targeting the civilian population. That's oh, wait, evil. Oh, no, 100%
1: is. No, it 100% is. The thing is... So y- to save the like, civilian population, like you target okay the civilian population. With the idea of Saddam Hussein killing his own people, Uh-oh. and that's cool. But if we sanction him, and he allows his own people to die that's somehow more morally reprehensible than when he was gassing his own people because we had some sort of thing with it. I don't, I, don't understand how it's, I don't understand how it's more morally acceptable to watch him kill his own people than to sanction his economy, and then he kills his own people as well, but less directly. How is that morally better? I, I, I struggle to put that together.
0: It's morally better because our involvement got 500,000 children more died because of that.
1: Okay, so
0: I So disagree. at that point, it's on him that he's killing his own people. That's terrible. I'm not agreeing with it.
1: So do we go to war? Do we not do sanctions? Do we just put troops on the ground? No. We don't do anything? No. We say good luck, What boys. are they
0: doing to us? I know it's terrible what they're doing to their own people. But what are they doing to us?
1: See, I would disagree there. I would disagree there. I would say when... You-
0: then you then you are a fan of big government.
1: Not a fan of big government. You
0: are. No. You You have to advocate for a large military power and a large government to be the policeman of the world. If every bad guy in the world, and there's going to be a shit ton of bad guys in the world, if you're going to advocate yep. for military action against every bad player in the world, you advocate for a large government and for large taxes on the civilian population. There, there's no way around that.
1: Uh, what percentage of our taxes go to government and what percentage go to handouts?
0: Dude, there's a... The, the, if you're asking me what percentage of my taxes go to handouts yeah. and what percentage of the taxes yeah, go to... what goes
1: to social entitlements and what goes to military spending. A very small goes. We have the giant... Not have, a very spend,
0: small section goes to the yeah. military. No. If I,
1: if I said I can reduce your taxes by 70%, Would you say, wow, that's a pretty big reduction? Yeah. If we just got rid of handouts, 70% of our taxes go over 70% go to handouts, go to social entitlement handouts. It's not like we spend the astronomical high amount. We spend more than most of the world. Absolutely, we do. But the fact of the matter is this. Our military and our ideals are better. In reality, what we believe about the human experience is better. Yeah, I'm not arguing
0: and, that our way of life is not better and our traditional values are not better. I don't believe in forcing other people to live the way that we want to live.
1: Okay. So, just I'm as you and okay I
0: wouldn't be in favor of Beto O'Rourke getting into the presidency and literally forcing us with military power to live the way that he wants to live. Like, I, I don't believe okay. that that's the right way to do it.
1: But we're ta- but those are very different things because we're talking about the Bill of Rights in a country. So him coming in and violating our Bill of Rights, yes, that's a lot different than the Rwanda killing field. Do you believe that the,
0: a- that the Bill of Rights should apply to every single person regardless of where their country is?
1: No. No, I don't. But I do think this. I do think that the intervention of genocide is a global problem. And I think that whether it's in uh, Serbia, where they're killing um, whatever that group of people, they were the Serbs, when they were killing the Serbs in Serbia, where they're killing the Kurds in, in Iraq, whether it's Rwanda, where they're hacking each other to death, I think some intervention is okay because if, those, if we don't help those people, who's going to help them? Like, oh, well, I guess they're just going to have to die. I guess those 200,000 people are just going to have to die. I guess that's okay because we don't care. And the idea that those regimes won't become strong enough to get to our soil I think has repeatedly proven to be a fallacy. Like, if we just leave Japan alone, they won't mess with us. If we just leave Germany alone, they don't care about us. Y'all can have Europe. Like, okay, do we fight them once they're a giant? Okay.
0: Two, two things. Do we,
1: do, we, do we fight Iran once they're nuclear?
0: Look, I don't, I don't want an Iran to, be a nuclear, to have a nuclear weapon. I don't think anyone should have a nuclear weapon. Those things sh- can destroy the, the planet ten times fold that we have right. right now. So I think there's there's right. a case to be made that we should be working we should not be focusing on Iran that doesn't even have a nuclear weapon but has the potential to make one and not be focusing more on getting the thousands and thousands and thousands of nuclear weapons that we have now and dismantling them. But I think there's a greater case to be made there but two things I want to go back um one that you say that the you don't think that the bill of rights which declares that every person has inal- inalienable rights doesn't it doesn't what did,
1: wait what did you say say that part of, say that again
0: i said do you think that the bill of rights applies to everyone that every living person has a a, a list of unalienable rights that they should have regardless of in what prin- country that they are in
1: in principle they should have the right to live but not the bill of rights in that they have the right to bear arms they have the right to you don't think due that process. people
0: outside of the united states have the right to defend themselves
1: I don't think that if their country decides that and they vote, that they don't I'm, have to I don't, the right I don't to care arms. what their
0: country says. I'm talking about like as a, when you were born into this life, you have rights. Do you okay. think that the, do you, that the Constitution gives you the right to defend yourself or that, explain that to me.
1: I think that we have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now, our Bill of Rights has specific things with specific verbiage. Do I think that, you know, London has a very different, rights, different set of rights than we do. Does that mean we go into uh, the UK and say, hey, y'all's bill of rights isn't quite good enough. You need ours. No, that's not what I'm saying. But I do think that people have the right to not be murdered in the world. That I do think that people have the right to eat. I do think that people have the right to you know, have some sort of right to life, yeah, I think that's that's not a bad thing to to defend, and if that means we send two thousand people of our military into Serbia or send some tomahawk missiles into Serbia and say, "Stop killing these people, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I'm like, you know what? that seems like money well spent because the reality is when you travel the world, and I'm not trying to be like, oh, I've traveled the world. But <laughs> when you when you see other places, we have this concept as Americans that there's always a higher moral authority that will help, right? Like, well, if it doesn't work here, we can call this person or that person or eventually someone will do the right thing, right? We have that concept. It doesn't always pan out, but we have that idea. In other places, it just isn't that way corruption is so bad uh, oppression is so bad that there is no one to reach out to the idea that a government could go on horseback and hack its people down with swords and we know about it and not do anything that's that's not a country situation that's a humanity situation and the way i see it is if america is as blessed and as good as our ideals are the least we can do is stop people from being murdered like, we can, we can probably stop genocides and we'll be okay. Um, we're a little off topic as far as the Middle East and intervention goes. At my principle, I'm okay with some smaller skirmishes, not another Iraq war, not another uh, Afghanistan. Those were silly and I think misappropriated and wrong and illegal. I, I'm with you on all that. But when it comes to telling Iran to back off, maybe the sanctions should be a little easier. I don't know. But the point is, if we are involved, I'm okay with that because I know that one of Iran's goals is to wipe Israel off the map.
0: Do you think they could do that?
1: Uh, I think if they could, they would. I think if we leave them alone, they could. Really? Yeah, I do.
0: So, I mean, I don't believe that at all, but... Uh, Israel all they need
1: is all they need is one nuke you said if they get one all they need is they, one. they would
0: shoot that out of the sky immediately and then glass uh, Israel has hundreds of nuclear bombs. they would glass Iran before they that missile even got to anywhere close to maybe Israel.
1: maybe maybe so what we're saying is fingers crossed hope you shoot that nuke down otherwise <laughs> your entire nation is over because the nation wants do you think it's in over, Iran's
0: best interest to nuke Israel? Do you think Iran would exist after doing something like that?
1: So the point here is, now you're saying they wouldn't do what they said they want to do. That's not in their best interest. I'm like, Keaton, they're saying they want to do it. Their goal is to wipe Israel off the map. And you're like, and they're, and they're obviously trying to get a nuclear weapon. And you're like, yeah, but they wouldn't really do that. And, that's and I think where we, we should keep them from doing that. That's where we ultimately disagree is I'm like, no, they. I think they would do that because they've invaded before and we took their property and we took, you know, in and, and the seven days war. That's a real thing. They definitely did try to wipe Israel off the map. So would they try again? Probably, probably. And let me ask you this. What is your solution for that?
0: Uh, so I'm a little cloudy on the Israel-Palestine Stuff. Well, how about
1: this when a country says to another country we don't recognize you as a people and we want to kill you
0: mm. yeah i would uh i would say that that's <laughs> that's a dangerous thing to be saying uh is
1: is out is what is our role is it to say like hey man, that's not really our business man. i think we
0: should negotiate talks between the two yes i think that is our role i think we should do everything that we can to uh, avoid a conflict between those two but look I, like I said, I don't know too much about the Israel Palestine stuff. I know that there's there's cases to be made. I've heard cases on on both sides. I think it's somewhere in the middle. Um, but the Seven Day War, to my understanding, was started because Israel started to climb outside of its 1967 boundaries that, or the uh, the boundaries that were drawn. In the, uh, not the 1967, but the boundaries that were drawn after World War II, they started to expand outside of those. And that's when those countries started to, uh, that's wrongly- when, that's, when all, that's when
1: all seven countries decided to not declare war, but spontaneously just attack a nation and try to destroy it.
0: Well, none of them attacked. Israel attacked first. That That's what happened in the Seven Day War. Okay. Do you believe, I'm not, I don't think I'm lying on that. Israel struck first. It was a preemptive strike on Egypt to uh, my understanding. Um, But look, it, I don't know as if we uh, disagree as much. Well, I, I think we do disagree on a lot of things here, but I don't think we disagree as much as, as we think we do. I think we both don't want Iran to get a nuclear bomb. I think we both don't want war with Iran, even though it's kind of weird that you're saying that, even though you're for intervention in the middle East, but I think, I just think we have different ways of going about making sure that Iran doesn't get this nuclear bomb. Um, I think that Iran was complying when we had the nuclear nuclear deal under Obama, when Trump left, that's when things started to spiral out of control. Cause they, Iran was like, look, if the U S left, we're not applying any of the practices to this either. They started, they still complied for a while, but eventually they were like, yeah, we're going to go over our enrichment. Um, uh, enrichment limits. But, you know, I, I don't uh, think we disagree on that much on the issue.
1: No, I agree. I, I think you're right. I I think at the end of it, the principle of, I think if we leave it alone, it's dangerous. I think if we're involved, it's dangerous. I think if we're involved, it's less dangerous than when we're not involved. I don't think there's a an answer that we both like, yeah, we did this and that's a good thing. I don't think there's a lot of good thing to come from conflict um, but I I don't believe at the core of me that if we just left the Middle East alone, it would get better. And I know you don't either. But you believe in like uh, the thing that you've repeated is I want to bring them back to the table and talk. And I'm like, we've been doing that for a hundred years. We haven't, though, right? Okay. Well, agree to disagree. <laughs> but the I the, the idea. Well, do you, let that me you're ask gonna- you this
0: real quick before you can. I, I know you're tr- in the middle of trying to make a point, but let me just ask you this real quick. Do you uh, think that? Let me ask you this: nine eleven is the the center of all of this, right? We don't want another nine eleven to happen. Everyone can agree that we don't want another nine eleven to happen. Are you no, aware of the, the fact? Are you aware of uh, the reasons that they have committed the attacks on nine eleven?
1: Uh, which reasons are you talking about? Are you talking about their Osama with-
0: Osama bin Laden's listed reasons for why he conducted the attack on nine eleven.
1: Uh. Y- Vaguely, but it's been a while. Okay,
0: let me tell you one of them. US involvement in Ira in uh Saudi Arabia's politics and government and troops on the ground in Saudi Arabia. The other, the sanctions that Bill Clinton put on Iraq that killed five hundred thousand children. Others, Russian atrocities against Muslims. Um the US support for atrocities against Muslims in Somalia. Um These were the listed reasons that Osama bin Laden conducted the attacks on 9-11. Now, from what I, in my last episode, I kind of covered this. It was almost like Ben Shapiro and the conservatives think that the U.S. was just sitting there minding its own business, not bothering anyone. They weren't involved in the Middle East at all. They weren't involved in politics in the Middle East. They weren't conducting, they weren't getting inside and infiltrating governments in other people's countries. They were just sitting there by themselves when suddenly, all of a sudden, we got attacked on 9-11. That's not what happened and that's not what Osama bin Laden said he conducted the attack. He didn't uh, conduct the attack because we have a constitution and our freedoms are what pisses him off and he wants to kill Americans because we're free and we have the constitution and the Bill of Rights. He specifically listed our involvement in in the different parts of the Middle East for the attack on 9-11.
1: Do you think that we're the only country involved in the Middle East?
0: Uh, No, because we have the UN.
1: So, like every other country in the world's like buying their own business, and we're the only one over there, like infiltrating. We're the only one with spies. We're the only one messing with elections over there, like Russia, France, Germany, Japan, China. They got nothing to do with that. Nothing right?
0: compared to the US.
1: Right. Okay. That's where we would disagree. I would say the idea that we're the only ones that are invested in the rest of the world's economies, the rest of the world, and that we're the only other ones intervening. I know that to not be true in even Mozambique, Africa, where the Chinese are so invested in working over the Mozambique economy, right? So it's like, this happens across the world. The idea that you're going to blow us up and be like, it's because of this. It's because the Russians were mean to us. It's like, um... Nope, it, I don't buy
0: that. It's because of our involvement in the Middle East. Look, uh, I'm not. I'm just going to take Osama bin Laden at his word. What he wrote down and said. This is the reason why I committed the attacks on 9/11. Yep.
1: yep. So why? So they hate Israel for the same reason? Question mark.
0: Say, say that one more time. You broke up. Sorry.
1: They hate Israel for the same reason. They hate Israel. Israel meddles in their elections too. Of course. Okay. And so they hate them for that. If Israel would just mind its own business, they'd stop shooting rockets.
0: All right. Okay. So you're switching back to Hezbollah now.
1: Well, I'm switching back to Palestine. I'm switching back. If if Iran supports Hezbollah, which we know they do,
0: yeah, they're pretty much a 51st state of Iran. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So we know that. So if Israel would just mind its own business, man, and just be nice, like, but the thing is, I don't want any part of it.
0: I don't. I, that, that's that's the thing. Is like I, I don't want any part of that mess over there.
1: Okay, I agree with you a hundred percent.
0: It is far so, too volatile. We don't understand the complexities of any of it.
1: I ag- I agree with you a hundred percent. The difference is, you believe if you leave it alone and just let them talk it out, it'll end better than if you intervene. I believe. I have thirty that if years of history
0: proving that.
1: Yeah, I disagree with that. With history. <laughs> I disagree with your interpretation of history.
0: Body counts and lives. Like what
1: Yeah, we already talked about that. That we talked about with the Kurds where you're you're chalking up 500,000 deaths to Clinton and I'm saying those people didn't have to die. Saddam Hussein could have not let his people die, right? It wasn't like he didn't have enough money. It wasn't like he didn't have enough food. He may, he let them die and you're putting that on Clinton and I'm saying Bill Clinton's regime did not do that. Did we know that he might would do that? Yes, but it's not like Bill Clinton wanted 500,000 people to die. He wanted them to stop killing the Kurds. So it's like you're saying, just leave it alone. I'd rather the Kurds die and us have nothing to do with it because at the end of the day, you believe that if we leave it alone, it's more morally acceptable than if we intervene. And I'm saying... I don't know that there's a right answer, but I'm okay with the intervention of helping people not murder other people. They want to destroy Israel. If they get stronger and they keep pumping money to Hezbollah and Palestine, they will destroy Israel. No. Or at least or at least give her a good go. And then what do we do when we have a real war, right? Now all of a sudden Israel's under siege. Do we just say, "Hey, we're not doing anything. Israel asks for help and says, "Hey, will you please help us? They're about to kill us all." Do we help then?
0: So there's a lot there. Um, first yeah, off, let I, me I
1: gave you an impossible question. Let me
0: let me tackle the first thing. I don't believe that the intervention that we've done in the past thirty years, especially, especially um, what we've done recently with arming the Saudis in their campaign against let's just say it Iran in Syria. That's what they're doing. They're, they're fighting the Houthis, which are, uh, located or, uh, funded by Iran. There's, there's some connection with Iran there for sure. This is the thing, man. Why are we getting involved with Saudi Arabia against Iran? These are people that this is what intervention gets us, right? We start to get, this is what George Washington said. He said, um, to make sure that we're, uh, Tied with the world economically, we have free trade, we have free discussions with the world, but don't get in in tied up in their politics. And in the European politics, he said, don't get tied up in their wars and their politics. This is exactly why, because when the U S gets involved in the middle East, it spirals out of control. We went in there for a valid cause to go and uh, kill Al Qaeda that attacked us on nine 11. That's a valid cause for war. We went there, we could have been in and out in two months. Instead, we changed that to a regime change war in Iraq. We overthrew Saddam Hussein. Saddam Hussein was the only balancing power against Iran. Iran gains influence in uh, Iraq. Saudi Arabia says, what the hell? You just gave Iran Iraq on a silver platter. This is not good. You just tilted the balance to the uh, to the Shia and the Sunni are in the minority now. Dick Cheney says, yeah, I'm sorry. Let's fight a war against the Shia overtake of Iraq. And so we do the uh, the... Uh, resurgence into Iraq. We fight that war on behalf of Saudi Arabia while they're bankrolling Al-Qaeda still. And then we go and we uh, fight on this side of Al-Qaeda in Syria. We're fighting on the side of Al-Qaeda. The people who attacked us on nine 11 with Saudi Arabia, the people who commit, as you said earlier in the show, human atrocities, they chop up, (laughs) they take a bone saw to journalists. These are people that crucify people in the streets still, this is something that U.S. intervention has done this. U.S. intervention has, we, the U.S. shouldn't be involved in bombing and starving children in Yemen. We should not be selling arms and funding the campaign in Yemen or any of these wars. This shouldn't be on, on, on like our hands shouldn't be stained with it.
1: You, you had a lot of flashpoints there that I would agree with the outcomes of. Like, yeah, that that wasn't a great, it wasn't a great decision to overthrow Saddam Hussein. Um, in, his, in his own words, he misled the international community because he didn't think that the U.S. would actually invade, right? So there's a lot of... It's just a, it's a poop storm, right? It's Nobody sees clearly and the whole thing stinks. But the principle of this, I don't want another war, I don't want a regime change, but <laughs> the idea of but. containment... <laughs> The idea of containment, the idea of having troops on the ground, the idea of not letting one group get too strong, the idea of crippling regimes to where they, you slow them down, the idea of um, resistance, making like uh, flagging ships and making sure they're, they're safe. Those types of things, I think, makes the world a safer place. Now I'm not going to advocate for Afghanistan. I'm not going to advocate for regime change. I'm not going to do any of that. The Middle East is is they they just don't think like Western thought, right? They and we shouldn't, we shouldn't we
0: shouldn't overthrow them and and we've tried we tried forcing the Western culture and Western way of life on it, and it just doesn't but work.
1: The crux of the crux of our difference is this: you believe it is more beneficial to get out and leave them alone. Correct. I believe it is more beneficial to be active early. And that is where we differ. I'm not saying that the outcome is good. I'm not saying that it is better. I think it would probably be better for 10 years to 15 years with your philosophy. We would get out. We would leave everybody alone. Y'all have at it. Have Have a good time. I think then when they attacked Israel and Israel said, please help, now we have to figure out are we going to be friends with the genocide, genocidal Iranians and Palestine? Are we going to be friends with Israel? Or are we just going to be like, you know what? We don't have anything to do with this. And then France gets involved. Well, we are going to be involved in this. And it's like now we're getting dragged back into a world war where everybody's trying to figure out what we're supposed to do versus let's just be involved the whole time. It sucks. It's terrible. It's not great. But it creates a safer America. Now, this idea that that Osama bin Laden's like, I bombed you because of this, this, and this. And it's like, okay, <laughs> I, I, I don't buy it. I, I just don't. Um, if so, he would be bombing the Russians, which I understand there's terrorism in Russia. And it's, I, I get that. But everybody that I've talked to that spent time over there is like, we shouldn't be there they don't want us there, and they don't think like us, right? They're, they're, nothing, they're nothing like us. And I'm like, I get it. We should not be trying to make them like us, but we should also be making sure that not one country that wants to murder another country gets too powerful. And I'm okay with some intervention, not a war, but I'm okay with some retaliatory strikes and I'm okay with some military buildup installations, even if it's with the Saudis, who I'm not a huge fan of, to create economic stability for the world and to say, Iran, you cannot do that. Like the only thing stopping Iran from being back into good graces is to say, you can view all of our centrifuge sites and stop the human atrocities. That's it, right? Right? But they won't do it because they want to have power over their own people. They can't show weakness to America because they might be overthrown.
0: Well, of course, yeah. Look what happened to it's, Libya. They gave up their yeah, they gave up their nuclear weapons, and look what happened to Gaddafi.
1: And so that shows you this is about power,
0: this is right? Why would, to, power? why would you want to? Why uh, would you want to? I mean, look. I think we should do everything we can to stop them from getting a nuclear weapon. But honestly, can you blame them for wanting to get a nuclear weapon? Yes. How? Like, if you look, th- if you are a country who is surrounded, if if it were the United States and we were su- surrounded by who? By the United States.
1: Sorry, if you were a country surrounded by what? Oh, sorry. You, I'm sorry. If
0: you were a country surround, like if the United States was surrounded by China and China had a hundred bases around the United States borders and they were like, "Uh, but you can't have a nuclear weapon. We're like. But then you just stomp all over us and we could do, you could do whatever you want to us.
1: Yeah, but you're, you're presuming that that country is the United States with those ideals. We don't have a hundred bases around Denmark. We don't have a hundred bases around Finland. We don't have a hundred bases around China. We don't have a hundred bases around anybody other than the Middle East and Iran. Why? Because we know what they've done in the past. You see what I'm saying? Like this isn't, we didn't just be like, you know what would be great? The Middle East. You're right. You're right. You're right. We don't
0: have a hundred bases around China. We have eight hundred across the world. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's how you. That's how you stop a world war.
0: That's what happens after a world war. <laughs> One person becomes how you, becomes the all powerful.
1: That's that's how you stop a world war. Because at the end of it, I believe that America, that the world is better with a strong America. Because when we weren't there, and I know that's the Hitler thing, but. That is what gave you Hitler. We did not want anything to do with war or intervention. And we said, y'all figure it out. France fell, Poland fell, Fran- uh, Britain was about to fall. Wait a minute, like are you saying like
0: the U.S. not getting involved in the war, war early was directly responsible for Hitler?
1: No, I'm saying that Hitler took advantage of the fact that the U.S. was not involved. If the U.S. had sent troops to France and said... No, we're defending France to the very end. France would not have fallen. You'd have pushed the regime back into Germany and contained it. That's exactly what we do. That's what intervention is. The idea that you can just be like, man, I really hope this works out well. It's like, no, it can go really, really bad. And you can have, instead of, you know, I don't, one person dying is a terrible thing. But you can have, instead of 180,000 Kurds, you can have, millions and millions of people killed in a giant war because because you waited you waited to get involved and it's like really the u.s probably should have been involved very early on in world war ii with any aggression and that's where we got the you know i mean these packs and all that well
0: sure yeah i I mean
1: that's why i believe in some intervention but the problem is this keaton i don't know how much i don't know how much is the right answer i don't know how little is the right answer. I have no idea. And the answer, the problem is nobody really does. I I wish I could believe what you believed. There was, there was a time in my life where I was like, just get us out of there and leave it alone. Like, I, we have no business being there. How they want to run their countries is their business.
0: Well, when have we tried that?
1: Uh, I would say World War II.
0: When every country in the world was involved in a war? <laughs> no, before that.
1: When we were like, hey, look, when, when, uh, when Hitler invaded the – was it the primeland, Rhineland? Rhineland. When Hitler invaded, and he, he broke an agreement, and we were like, look, we don't want anything to do with war. And then we're like, good luck, France. France was like, oh, shoot, he took us over. And all of a sudden, he's, we hear these stories where he's rounding up the Jews. We're like, man, that's not us, so that's not really our business. At what point do you intervene? I believe that the world has bad actors. I believe that the world has evil, and you're going to have to confront it at some point. Do we always do it right? No. How much intervention is enough? I don't know. I, it's, a, it's a bad situation, but I disagree with you in the sense that I think if we pulled out and everybody was out of there and we just said, man, good luck, just be careful, guys, I don't think it goes well. I just
0: think that it's it's a point worth making that the the rise of Hitler was not directly related to the US non-involvement in, in the war until later after Pearl Harbor the thing that led directly to Hitler was World War 1 you can't talk about World War 2 unless you talk about World I War 1 and what caused World War 1 Everyone had a treaty and a pact with each other. So as soon as two countries that shouldn't be involved in world at all, two small countries get involved in a war, it spirals out of control because, Oh, we have to jump to the aid of this country. And Oh, we have to jump to the aid of this country. And all of a sudden you have a world war that tears the world in shambles and lays the groundwork for someone like Hitler to come into power.
1: Well, that's not what, I I disagree with that. What laid the, his, his economy was severely crippled.
0: From World War One.
1: From World War One, And we kind of set that up, but it wasn't, it wasn't just, it wasn't like America was like, this is what you have to do. The other countries. They ordered
0: that, them that they had to pay for the entire war effort of World War One.
1: Yeah, I. I, I. Right. I'm with you. And that, we learned a lesson there. But what I'm specifically referring well, I'm not to, saying like,
0: look, like that's that's after the World War One. Like we said, look, this was you were the big enemy of this one. You have to pay for it now. Right. I'm like, look, if this thing didn't happen in the first place, you never would have had a economy in shambles. You would have never had someone like Hitler come into power. And the reason why he came into power is because he had such pride in Germany, and Germany was in such a poor place. Their economy was in such shambles that they were using money as wallpaper on the walls. Yeah,
1: I'm not saying we didn't learn a great lesson about punish the enemy after war. Look at America. We have learned that lesson so much so that... The greatest thing we ever did to Japan was bomb it so that we could be like, hey, now we're going to invest all this money to make sure that you're healthy and not in a position where you need war. We learned that lesson. I'm not saying that. That's not what I'm addressing. What I am saying is once the aggression began and the intentions were clear, when is intervention acceptable? And that's where we disagree. Iran has said they want death to Israel, death to America. The idea that you can be like, we're out, y'all have at it, please don't wish us death and they're going to be like, okay, to me is a fallacy but I, it's like I know that you don't believe that and I'm mischaracterizing you a little bit because you don't think that if we pulled out they would all of a sudden have this change of heart of like, oh, we do love America but at some point the ideologies are going to clash. How strong do you want that other country to be when it clashes? To me, that's why I'm okay with some intervention I understand your position, I think, in the sense that that's not our business. We should only intervene if it affects us. And I'm saying, if you know that something's coming that's going to affect you, you can. the further the comet is away, the less you have to hit it in order for it not to hit Earth. Once it's really close, you have to do some dramatic things to stop it from doing some real damage. To me, it all seems preemptive. And I'm I'm kind of okay with that because I do think Iran has bad intentions on the world stage. And the stronger they get, the worse the world is for it. And I could be wrong, but that's the reason I'm a little bit more Republican than Libertarian.
0: Mm. Um, well, yeah, that, that certainly is. I mean, if he <laughs> <laughs> you're like, yes, I think Matt, that is, I think that is exactly you nailed, what that is. I think you nailed it. That's, that's what's keeping you from coming all the way. Um, I'm, very,
1: I'm very, very libertarian in the domestic sense. Um, incredibly libertarian in the domestic sense. I am slightly more Republican in the international sense. I am okay with a strong America. I think the world is better for it. Um, I don't
0: think libertarians are not for a weak America.
1: You're for a smaller military, less involved. Yes, that to me would be weaker military, less involved. Well, if you're asking
0: stage. me, if you're asking me to choose between lightening the load on the civilian public with the uh, with a lighter military and being uh, with that choice being paired up to the choice of being the world police going after every bad man in the world and advocating for a severely larger government, then yes, I'm going to err on the side of yes. I think our military spending could go down, and we could still be the safest country on the planet.
1: I don't think that uh, those things are mutually exclusive. I think that you can have a strong military internationally and more freedoms domestically. I don't think those things that are mutually... That has not
0: been true ever, like, in the last hundred years.
1: Um, well, it's As the oranges. government
0: has grown, the military has grown. And as the military has grown along with the government, our freedoms have eroded.
1: Okay. But those are not... Those are not related. It's not like, let's have a big military. No, I'm not
0: saying they're directly... Re- I mean, it is right. somewhat responsible, though. I mean, war, those, war... is the together. War is the lifeblood of the state. That's what gives them legitimacy to be involved in the world. That's what gives them the legitimacy to have their, their willpower done on the planet, on the world, and thus have the willpower to be able to... Look, hey, drain the domestic population for our efforts to grow and grow and grow
1: yeah i I to me that's a stretch to say that having a large military means our freedoms erode i don't i don't tie I don't see how those tie together. I think that you can have a large military and lots and lots of freedoms domestically. I'm okay with a large military that you know, peace by strength, you know, and not to quote quote Reagan, but to say, I'm okay with a giant military that's big and ferocious and a lot of freedoms for our citizens. And to say, hey, a war with America would be the worst thing you could ever do. Don't do it. And in that way, we prevent a lot of stuff. I don't think that the world stays safer if we're like, Yeah, no, you know what? We're going to have a small military and we're going to kind of do our own thing and y'all just don't bomb us, okay? All right. I just think that there are people that want to take over the world and you're going to fight them when they're small or you're going to fight them when they're big.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, the United States has already done that, essentially. They've kind of taken over the world. But this is the thing, man. I I don't know. I I think we... uh... I think we agree on some things, but obviously we, we disagree on a lot of different things, but I think we have the same goal in mind. I think, look, we want what's best for us here. We want what's best for, um, for those involved in, or, well, I don't want people to be involved over there. I think that puts them in danger for something that none of my freedoms are involved over there. Um, so I I don't know what the government is fighting to protect over there. Um, but I think, I think this was an interesting conversation. I don't know how, how long we've been going. We've been going a little bit here. Probably too long. Probably <laughs> most of your listeners are like,
1: these guys need to shut it down. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably true. I do, I do want to clarify one thing, though. I think that you were more factually correct than I was about how much of our uh, U.S. budget is spent on military versus social programs. Um, according to what I just Googled, it shows around 25% were spilt on social programs. Yeah. Um, and that around 50 something percent was on military. Correct. So I'm yeah. like,
0: well, when you're thinking, when you're thinking of the military, it's almost like you think of, oh, well, what's the latest budget that I saw passed? It's not just that they're, they're passing a trillion dollar budget for the military. It's like, that's not all that's involved in military spending. Like you're talking about trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars in the war effort, um, that, that are your taxpayers are paying. It's by far, um, one of the most costly things on the American citizen. Oh, Matt Bell, what should we close on? What's something funny we can talk about? Oh,
1: man, how much I think I know and probably don't. because if,
0: if the listeners have listened to this whole thing, they might be like, "I thought they were friends.
1: <laughs> That's the beauty of friends is that this is the, these are the types of conversations you and I have off air, you know, where we're like, what are you what do you really think that? <laughs> and it's like, this is the fraction, you know the, 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 the fractioning in the conservative movement because both of you, both of us on domestic policy, we're pretty much spot on right it's just international interference it's like i don't love it do i think it's a necessary evil yes i don't i'm not going to defend its morality but i think it's a necessary evil and you think it's not necessary and that's that's a thing but at the end of the day we we all want the same thing and as long as we'd be willing to sit down and you and i make zero calls but if we did and we were in charge of some stuff i think we'd sit down and make the best decisions we could based on you know the information we have and at the end of the day that's that's what that's what people do they have conversations where they're like i don't think you're right but i i you're very smart you're very well read and you believe what you believe not because it's not a good position and not thought out and so that was one of the reasons i was excited to have the conversation with you cuz i told <laughs> you like, like you're probably more thought out than i am um and you have no, a no I'm, more- I'm
0: sure I, i'm sure i like either said something or said many things or maybe didn't say anything when, you know, someone might be listening that might be a libertarian and be like, you idiot. Why didn't you say this? Or like you moron, why would you say that? Or like something sh- like that. I'm not perfect. And I'm not believing that everything that I'm telling you is like the correct thing. I don't know. I, I, I think that the thing I appreciate about you, Matt is that, I can talk to, to you about these things and we can explore different ideas. And I like to pick your brain a little bit and I like to see where you're coming from. And I like to see how you're forming your ideas. Cause I, I think there's far, I'm kind of like, I feel like my brain is starved for stuff like that because that I'm not getting conversations out of hardly anyone these days. And I'm, mm-hmm. it's almost like culture is like against something like that. It's just like, what do you mean? You don't believe a a is just like, you have to believe A. You know, you can't believe B.
1: Right, right. Like, you, like there must be something, it's, a, it's a, a flaw, a character flaw if you disagree with this principle that I hold dearly. Mm-hmm. And like, I know that you're fully convinced that we have no business being over there and that we shouldn't be there. And I, I don't even disagree with that. But I disagree with the idea that maybe we have to be for the better, for the, the best case scenario. And the answer, the the problem is we don't actually know. At the end of it, we don't know who was right because if we're over there preemptively, I can always say, "Well, it could have been bigger." And if we're if we're not over there, it's like it's easy to argue because we don't know. And uh, one of the things I love about you is that you are, man, you're you do a lot of reading, you know a lot of stuff. Like when you say something with conviction, it's because it's it's a well thought out position, and so. It's a uh, it's a good time. It's a it's always a pleasure. And if I never come back on your podcast, it's <laughs> it's because you were rude to me.
0: <laughs> well, you'll be getting another invite because <laughs> you were very rude. You know? Oh, Matt, don't be like that.
1: I would just like to apologize to uh, all the listeners that had to listen to me rant. Um, <laughs> I was like, just don't rant. That's the only thing. That's the only rule I gave myself when we started the conversation. Like Matt, <laughs> just don't rant. And then I was. All of a sudden, I would come to like. Oh, I ranted.
0: Okay. Uh, well, I think it's it's just healthy to to talk about stuff like that. Especially for me, I don't have many people I can talk to about it. <laughs> yeah. Let me stop you right there, Keaton. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Well, Matt, thank you for coming on, my friend. We'll have to have you on it uh, another time soon. Um, maybe whenever Bill, or uh, <laughs> maybe whenever Donald Trump passes New England or New Zealand style gun buybacks. Who knows? I don't,
1: want, I don't even want to talk about that. That's when I'll <laughs> stop. Like if that's the Republican position, I I'll I'll be like, well, not a Republican anymore.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I can then is convince a, you to
1: Is there a political standing where you're libertarian domestically and slightly Republican? Yeah, it's called international-
0: a Magatarian. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> whatever. Whatever. <laughs> oh, I saw that today, Magatarian.
1: That's funny. Dude, I enjoyed it. (laughs) I enjoyed it very much, man. Thank you for having me on. It is a lot of fun. I'd like uh, to thank all your listeners for putting up with me. Thank you, guys. (laughs) You
0: you deserve better. No, I always get a lot of compliments when you're on. So uh, thank you, everybody. I know we've gone far long enough. We've gone far longer than I thought we would. But this was just a fun topic to, to, to talk about. Anyway, thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll see you on the next episode of Freedom Strips. Later. Ah!